A military meeting of the minds turns into a disaster. And then we travel to the Philippines, where we meet a creature. Sometimes it's a werewolf. Sometimes it's a vampire. Sometimes it's a witch lurking in the village. What happens when you take some of the world's worst supernatural creatures and cram them into one species? You get the ass wing today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. You know, it's funny. It's been one week for you guys. It's been two weeks for me since I've recorded anything. So we're going to see how this episode goes. Hopefully it goes pretty smoothly. I got a lot of Patreons over the vacation break, so I'm going to kind of break them up over the next two episodes. So first off, I have Trashman1101. Thank you. Sounds like a Star Wars character. I don't know. That sounds like the worst Star Wars character ever. We have Bo Alpo. Bo being the famous Bart Simpson Scrabble word. It means a North American balding ape. Great reference. We have Ash Adams. So, Trashman1101, Bo Alpo, and Ash Adams. Thanks so much for joining the Patreon. And we got more Patreons coming. I will go over you guys tomorrow. I just didn't want to cram everyone in one episode. I wanted to give you guys space to breathe. I wonder if Ash Adams... I wanted... It almost sounds like some sort of like band name. I wonder if that's a real name. If it is, that's a cool name. So thank you guys for supporting the the podcast. Now, I think that's... Oh, oh, and let me say this too. Um, I've talked about her a couple times on the show, Lana. She's done a, a couple episodes. She's had a couple suggestions for us. She's a good friend of mine. She got in a car accident today. She's fine. She's totally fine. But, um, you know, I've been in a lot of car accidents and a lot of times you walk away and then the next day you're kind of sore and your back hurts and stuff like that. So, Lana, I know you don't listen to the show, but, um, yeah, I hope you're, I hope you're doing good. She sends me story suggestions, but she can't stand the sound of my voice. So, but no, I, I hope she's doing okay. So let's go ahead and move on to our first story here. Now, our first story is. Let's hop on board the Carpenter Copter, because that is our device that has time travel capability. So I think they all do, actually. We just retcon them so they do. But anyway, so now the helicopter does. We are back in the year 1164. Sorry. Now we got to go forward, because they said the wrong date. Adjusting it. We're in the year 1184. Man, it feels nice to be doing this podcast again. It's July 1184, Carpenter Copter flying over Erfurt, Germany. So the reason why we're here is at the time, a bunch of dudes were having problems. And not just like normal, like peasants poking each other with pitchforks. Like these were like royal guys who were like attacking each other's castles, which sounds dope. I mean, that would be if if my problem was, ah, I need to send these troops out to go, (laughs) go smash that dude's castle. I don't have a problem. Like, that's pretty awesome. And even if my castle was getting attacked, I'd be like, at least I have a castle. But anyways, these guys are getting tired of fighting, and they're all hanging out. Now, not hanging out, they're all hating each other, but they figure we need to sort this out, because things are just getting out of hand. And the people, we have these guys, I don't know who these dudes are, but some European English nut may know, Ludwig III, Ludwig III, Landgrave of Thurngia. I don't believe that's a real person. I think that's a Star Wars character. And then Archbishop Conrad of Mainz. So anyways, these dudes are beefing with each other. And they're like, please, King Henry VI, fix this. And actually, no, I think it's the other way around. I think King Henry VI was like, hey, you guys need to stop fighting amongst each other. Meet me in Erfurt. 
We're all going to meet in Erfurt in Germany. We're going to go to Saint, the Church of St. Peter. We'll have a little conclave. We will talk about what's bugging you guys. And they're like, he, he started it. He killed my wife first. And they're like, but you killed 10 of my peasants. Like, I'm sure it wasn't just... Actually, you know what's funny? I was about to say, I'm sure they didn't really have real problems. They didn't. Because what what happened... Okay, so I'm getting ahead of myself. So these these three dudes go, let's all meet. And we're going to kick it with the king. And we'll get this resolved. And then other people said, you know what? I have a problem, too, that I need resolved. So I will also go to Erfurt and get my problem resolved with the king, too, because I'm beefing with this dude. Now, one of these guys who came in was this dude named Count Heinrich I. Why are you the first? You're, I'm Jason Carpenter. I'm the only Jason Carpenter in my family, so everyone is the first. That's kind of stupid. But anyways, Count Heinrich I of Schwartzburg shows up. He was beefing with people, and the reason why people were beefing with him, because he stole the book. So people were getting, like, peasants were, like, walking, like, you know, like, doing peasant stuff, eating apples, cutting down rice, not rice, not rice, wheat, cutting wheat and stuff like that, and some knight would come up and smash their brains in. The family would be like, what what he do wrong? And the knight would be like, uh, his master stole a book. And they're like, what's a book? Uh, the reason why, it's because books took a long time to write, not write, but, like, to publish back then. So that's how petty some of these squabbles were. But anyway, so the king's like, fine. Whoever has a problem, who's rich and powerful, come to the Church of St. Peter, St. Peter's Church. We're going to meet on the second floor. We're going to meet, and we're going to squash all of this stuff. Everyone's like, yeah. Count Heinrich's like, I'll be there. And he's like hiding the book. He has has a mysterious book-shaped bulge in his jacket. So anyways, they all show up. Now... They're rich and powerful, and they're royal people, and they're warlords, so they don't just, like, walk in. They are fully armored, they got all their chainmail on, and they bring their their goons. Everyone shows up with their own little clique of, of goons. You have, like, the sharks and the jets, and then the Thuringians, who are all, like, they're like the lizard people, because that, that's not a real place. And then the, uh, the archbishop brought in a bunch of, like, fighting priests and, like, sexy nuns and, like, tight black leather outfits. Anyways... So they're all on the second story of St. Peter's Church. The monks are like, uh, could you leave the nuns outside, please? We took a vow of celibacy. They're all on the second floor of this church. Now, you should kind of start to see... This is a true story, by the way. This is a 100% true story. So what happens when you put a bunch of people in full armor... A bunch of people in full armor on the second floor of a building that was built before 1164? Like, what do you think is going to happen to this story? So, and, and and I forgot this point. I have to say this point real quick, too, because this actually plays into where we're going. Count Heinrich I was always, like, uh, would go off on these adventures or do these great things. He's like, ooh, a library. I will steal all the books. It only has three books back then. But he would always go on these quests, and he would make this saying, and I'm going to say it in German. It's, one das Neit rar ist, so sterbe each in inim shaihas. And people would laugh. People would think that was funny. I'll explain what it means in a second, but people would laugh and think it was funny. He'd go off on his adventure and come back. So they're all in this second story of this church. And at a certain point, two of the main dudes, can remember we had the Archbishop Landgrave, he's trying to get his lightsaber repaired. That why, that's why he's there. And then Ludwig and the king, those are our four main players, and Heinrich is kind of a side player. Those four dudes, two of them actually say, you know what, let's go into this other room. Let's talk privately. Maybe we can sort this out privately. So they go into another room. And everyone else is still on the second floor. And they hear a... And it's not someone's hungry tummy. The floor is starting to bow. 
and then pop, 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 all of the support beams in the church holding up the second floor give out. There's just too much weight with all these people and all this armor. Now, as the floor is starting to collapse, the king and one of the other dudes, I don't remember which one, it doesn't matter, the king and one of the other main guys grab onto these metal bars that are guarding a window. Because apparently this church is in a bad neighborhood that they have to have bars on the inside of the windows too. They grab onto the metal bars. So the floor, the second story floor collapses. And everyone else there, except for the four main people, the reason why this whole thing got started in the first place. And we're, and I guess I should say this, we're talking around 60 to 100 people are on this floor. So there's some, some historical accounts of how many people, but 60 minimum up to 100. The floor opens up and 60 to 100 people fall down and they hit the first floor of the church. Now, some of them are killed when they hit the floor. I died the same way I lived on the floor. People are like, well, those are weird final words. You know, the first floor is nice. It's the op- It's where the church is, right? It's like where the pews are and stuff. So you fall. Well, it's not, it's not nice to fall on a pew. But anyways, they fall down. Now, some people die immediately when they hit the ground. But when they hit the floor... That floor also gives out. So all these people, all these 60 to 100 people hitting the first floor weakens that as well, and that collapses. Now, underneath the first floor is the latrine. So basically, we're talking 1184, and they're just pooping. The monks are just pooping into holes, and it all goes underneath the, the, the church. I have no idea what they expected to happen when they just pooped for 100 years, and the poop was like soaking up through the first floor. But the entire bottom of the first floor was just a giant latrine pit. How did it not stink? Walking into the church, you're like trying to pray, and you're like, oh, it smells terrible. They fall through the second floor, through the first floor, into an ocean of monk feces. That's not the monk going to the bathroom. That's 60 to 100 people sinking into poop. They all died. Not a single person except for those four people survived that event. Most of them drowned in poop. Now, I'm assuming, too, that just statistically, I'm sure there's at least one guy who survived the first fall. Ah, survived the second fall. Ah, fell into the poop. Cushioned his fall. Didn't drown but probably had a nut allergy and little peanuts, little peanuts floating around in there. He's like, no, no, he's trying to swim away from it. Peanut touches his skin. He dies as well. Statistically, that that probably happened. I wonder if if you had a peanut allergy and someone who ate peanuts pooped and you touched the poop, or does the peanut allergy only, like, is it the oil? Like, can you ever take a peanut? When I was in school, I had a teacher, when I was in third grade, I had a teacher, Mr. Rojos, who told me that in some countries, people are so poor that they go through poop to find corn and they turn it into bread or tortillas or something like that. And I went home and told my dad that. And he's like, what? What? (laughs) Why are you going to that school? That same teacher also told me that when you see the clouds moving really fast, that means the earth is rotating faster. Like the speed of the clouds is how fast the world is rotating. And I told my dad that. My dad goes... What happens when you go outside and the clouds aren't moving? Does that mean the world has stopped? I don't know how that guy had a job teaching. But anyways, I, I don't know how long a peanut is. You're allergic to a peanut. I wonder if, like, if you ate it, could you process out the allergen? But anyways, one guy, one guy died of that nut allergy and a thing of poop. So anyways, 
bunch of people died. A bunch of people died. Now, the king went on to become Emperor Henry. He ended up becoming like some world-famous guy. The other people survived the incident. But let's go back to Count Heinrich I. Remember that quote I read you in my impeccable German? This is what he would tell people before he would go on adventures in English. If I fail, so may I die in excrement. A little, what's that word? A little scene into the future there, Heinrich? Was there a paranormal event? Was he destined to die in monk feces? We may never know. All we know is 60 to 100 men lost their lives because monks liked eating and pooping. Enough to fill an entire basement of a church. That's a lot of poop, by the way. So that's the story of, and it's known as the Erfurter Latrinstruz, which means the Erfurt Latrine Fall. A bunch of people died in monk poop. Which, if you're gonna, if you're going to drown in anybody's poop, it's probably best you're you're drowning in monk poop because it will probably be pretty healthy. I'm sure they mostly eat like berries and twigs. They're not ba- they're not bears, but it's not like they're eating Taco Bell. It's not like they're eating super greasy food. Your last, it wouldn't be the most pungent poop in the world. It would be, it'd be okay smelling as it filled your nose and lungs. Horrible, horrible way to go. But if you had to go that way, do it, go (laughs) drown in a monk's bathroom. So let's go ahead and come back to the modern times. We're coming back to the year 2019. So we never even got off the carpenter copter on that. We didn't want to fall into the poop. We're flying to the Philippines now. Now, this story is actually a request from one of my Patreons. I actually, if I remember correctly, was my first Patreon. It's Elkie. Thanks, Elkie. This is a story of the Aswang. Now, there's a 99% possibility I'm pronouncing that wrong. So I'll spell it, and you can decide whether or not I'm correct. It's A-S-W-A-N-G. So maybe it's Oswang or Ass... It doesn't matter. It's an Aswang. So this creature is everything rolled into one. It's basically a smorgasbord of cryptids. And this is, this is re- and thanks for the recommendation, Okay, This is a really fascinating creature because there's a lot of origin stories. It's fairly recent, and there's a lot of origin stories of how it came about, what it means. And we'll get into that in a second, but let's explore. So let's get out of the carpenter copter. Take off our gas masks. And I hand you a bolo knife. Big old, like, big old knife. I'm like, here you go. Take this, son. Use it. You're going to need it. And you're like, are we going to murder people? And I look at you, glint in my eye, and I go, they're not people. So now you're really concerned. You're like thinking, man, can I take this guy and get helicopter keys and get out of here? And I, and I read your mind. I'm like, no, you can't. Let's go. And we start walking through the jungle. And now you're really scared. You're like, ah. So we're walking through the jungle. We're chopping down banana bushes and uh, vines and stuff like that. We're chopping down a bunch of stuff. People, farmers are like, no, those are my crops. We're chopping down corn. We're like, get out of the way, wilderness. And we stumble across this small town. And we're walking through the town with our, with our machetes, with our bolo knives. And people are like, eh. shutting their doors. Some guy's like making caskets. It's like a Western town. Tumbleweed made of bananas <laughs> rolling by. And we see some unusual things in this town. Over certain doorways, over most doorways, we see a little vial that has some sort of liquid in it. We're like, hmm, I wonder if you could drink that. I wonder if you would get high if you drank that. But we're not going to try. We might, we might later on. But anyways, we're not going to try right now. And we're walking around, and we start to see ladders outside of windows. We're like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, why would you like lock your door up, put a ladder outside your window? And so some old guy comes out, and he's like, oh, that's not a ladder, lads. 
It's no ladder. Well, it is a ladder. It is a ladder, but it's a look. Look closer at it. What do you see different about it? We're looking at it. We're like, I don't know. It looks like. Can I chop it? Can I chop it with my knife? And he's like, No, you can't chop it with your knife. That's private property. You get arrested for that. But you see, that ladder is reversed. We look at each other like, how? How? So. I, when I was reading about the ass wing, one of the things that you can prevent an ass wing, and I'll get into what an ass wing is, but I think this is kind of important for where this legend, where we go with this legend or this story, is that one of the ways you can keep an ass wing from getting into your house is to put a reversed ladder outside of your house. How do you reverse a ladder? If you put it upside down or backwards, it still functions as a ladder. If you just had a ladder, you lean up to a building, there is no way you could turn that. That would make it reversed. Or at least no way you could turn that that someone could not climb up it. So we kind of look at the old man and we're like, yeah, yeah, reversed. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. We just keep walking. We realize that we're in for a wild ride as we explore the myth, the legend, and the reality of the ass wing. So the ass wing works like this. It's basically an umbrella term for multiple creatures that exist in the area. One version is a vampire, but instead of sharp teeth, it shoots out like a like a big old tongue with like a little a tube on the end of it, and it sticks you in the neck or anywhere, anywhere that it has blood in it, which is your whole body, and it sucks the blood out of you slowly, and then you die. Now this version likes, and all of the all of them have shape shifting abilities, but there's two of them specifically that have a more sinister side. Um, the vampire version likes to shapeshift into a woman, marry a man in the village, and then slowly drain the life out of him over the course of the marriage, which is like any marriage, you feel me, guys? Elbow, elbow. You're like, Jason, I do have a knife. Don't elbow me when I'm holding a knife. I'm like, sorry. That's one thing they do. They also like to marry into communities so they can blend in, and then at night, when they're not slowly draining their husband of all hope, all like joy in his life, they will use the village as their base of operations. They go out in the jungle and kill strangers. So no one suspects them. They don't see their husband getting all weak and all pathetic and being like, oh, I shouldn't have gotten married. Should have started that rock band. They go, oh, he must be married to an ass wing. But if they're attacking people outside of the town, then no one would suspect this particular person. There also is a version of the ass wing that is known as the viscera sucker. This one also shapeshifts into an attractive woman, marries a man in the community. But this one doesn't suck blood. It still has the long tongue with a little, like, suction thingy on it, a long hollow tube. But this one likes to eat guts. It likes to eat the guts of sick people. So one of the, this is another thing, if if you're sick, you can't groan, you can't go, oh, I'm so sick, oh, my head hurts, because that will attract one of these viscera suckers. They come in. Stick their tube and you suck out your guts and you die. Now, they have a particularly brutal tactic where they join a community and then when a woman is pregnant, they sneak up to them while they're sleeping and suck the fetus out of the pregnant woman. So, that's gross. I mean, that's gross. That, that, so, let's say you have a choice. You can move into a town with a vampire or you can move into a town with a creature who eats fetuses. I'd pick the vampire town. Like, I... The vampire town, I there's a higher chance of me getting killed. I'm not a fetus, so I'm not worried about the second one, but that's just gross. Imagine you're like shaking hands with someone and you're like, hey, why are your hands so sticky? They're like, oh, I just ate. 
I mean, I guess that really, they could have just been eating a lollipop. But if you knew there was someone in town that was eating babies, you you would just be disturbed all the time. So they have that one. Now, there are, also, there are also three other versions I'll go over really quickly. There's one that's like a werewolf. And technically, it's a, this is lame. It's a were dog because they don't have wolves in the Philippines. Like, I guess in India, they have were tigers. And in Europe, they have werewolves. This one just has were dogs. <laughs> lame. I'd live in that town. I wouldn't be scared of that thing at all. There's just like some dog walking around eating people. Be like, whatever. And then they have one that is a witch. You know, just basic, basic witch stuff. She has powers at night. She casts spells. Lame. And then there's a version of the Aswang that only eats corpses. So when they have, and it hates the light. All of the, you know, it's interesting because all of these creatures can be totally active during the day. But they don't have any powers. At night, though, they become these monsters. So your mayor could be a corpse-eating asswing in the Philippines. But those are the five variations of this thing. These creatures are a big cultural impact in the Philippines, where, like, they have their funerals for a certain way. The color red is to ward off asswings. So, like, they'll give babies red pendants, and a lot of, like, their dance clothes are red and stuff like that. There's a lot of bloods over there. The crypts are, like, constantly getting attacked by asswings. Totally affects their culture overall. But let's get to my favorite part, which is I've learned to love these things about cryptids. Protection. I love reading about the ways people have come up to fight these things off. Now, because there's so many variations of these things... Oh, oh, and let me say this, too, because this is another interesting note. So they're masters of deception, right? But if a bunch of bodies go missing in your neighborhood, you're going to start to figure there's an ass wing running around. So what these creatures, what one variation or multiple variations of these creatures, the, the, the legends are kind of all over the place, but what, one of the things the ass wings will do is they will kill you in the middle of nowhere, right? And then they take a banana tree stump and they carve an effigy of you and then ding, bring it to life. And then it walks back to your town and it goes, oh, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. And it lays down in bed and dies. And everyone goes, oh, oh, no, Peter Parker, what happened? And he's just dead, right? But he's really just a big old banana tree stump. And it's funny because there was another story we covered in the Philippines, Burnham City, Brigham City. Those people from that magical city would magically make tree stumps look like a corpse in the middle of nowhere. So if you went missing, you didn't really go missing, they'd find your body. These ones, these guys are a little more powerful. They can make the stump walk home, talk to a couple people, fall ill, and then die. So they really are like masters of deception. But let's go ahead and get started here with the protection spells, because this is always my favorite part. Okay, so you reverse a ladder. Get a ladder, reverse it, right? You can also, they hate the sound of a stingray tail, like a stingray, like a little fish thingy. They hate the sound of that whipping through the air. So a lot of houses in the Philippines, you know, you got your stuff, you you walk in the house, you got your shoes and your carpet, and then you got a fishtail hanging out, right? You got a copy of the movie, A Fishtail, and then you have an actual fishtail there as well. You swing it around, it scares off ass wings. If a woman's giving birth, which is a very, very dangerous time for a baby, right? And the mom and really everyone involved. I guess not the people living down the street, but you're giving birth to a baby and there's an ass wing sitting outside being like, mm, delicious baby. I can't wait to eat that. And then go shake hands with Jason. The way to protect that thing is while the woman is giving birth, the husband should be in the basement or underneath the house is more specific, totally naked, swinging a sword around. Now, 
is he doing that for the whole eight hours? Like, you know, not a lot of women, they, sit, they don't sit down and baby pops out. Like, it can be a period of time. Because, like, oh, my arms hurt. My arms hurt so much. And what about hospitals? Nowadays, when women give birth in hospitals, is there, like, a maternity ward? And then in the basement of, of the hospital, there's a bunch of naked dudes swinging swords around, sword fighting. I mean, like, how does that translate to the modern age? I That would be hilarious to see, though. So... You have that level of protection. Now, there also is the little, remember I said the little vials that sit on the port, on the outside the doors? That's anti-assweighing oil. Now, before I tell you what that is, let me tell you one of the possible origin stories of these things. Because people really don't know where they come from. Some people believe that the story of the asswing existed deep, deep into Filipino culture. Then there is a story of like these god of good and this god of evil, and the god of evil stole fire from the god of good, brought it to earth, but he he stole it in a coconut shell, which, come on, dude. I don't care how, like, if your myth, and if your creation myth involves a coconut shell, you're not trying hard enough. But anyways, he takes a coconut shell, and he captures fire in it, and takes it to earth, and he drops the coconut shell, he straight up butterfingers it, burns the earth up, and then God has to... Rain caused a great flood, which we've seen a lot of uh, creation stories. Put the fire out, and then he's kind of the grandfather of the asswing, this bad guy. But other people believe that it did not exist at all until the Spanish showed up. Because there is no record of it at all until the Spaniards started writing down these stories. There's no record of the asswing at all. So some people say that it was an old legend that the Spaniards finally started writing down. And Count Heinrich's like, ooh, another book to steal. Other people believe that the Spaniards came there and made all of this up to keep the people in line. Because you basically create a police state through fear of a monster. Don't go in the jungle. Can't trust your neighbor. That person may be a monster. Don't talk to that person. That person eats babies. Like, they think that the Spaniards made up these stories. And that's why it's kind of like a lot of European legends, but just all jumbled into one big thing. Now, if I came to another land, if I came to a foreign land, and I wanted to start telling people monsters are after them, I would tell people, I'd be like, yeah, if you don't want it to get you, you got to be naked underneath your basement, swinging swords around. And they'd be like, really? I was like, oh, yeah, that totally worked. And I'd just be trolling them. Hey, you want to be protected? Yeah, yeah, put a ladder, put a reversed ladder. And they're just watching, being like, what does he mean? They're trying to, like, move it around. And I'm like, <laughs> like, that is something. You make up a story, and then you make up ridiculous ways to stop your made-up story. And that's what I was thinking of when I read this. And I'm going to read this straight from the Wikipedia page. This is how to make anti-asswing oil. And I want you to imagine a Spanish priest explaining this to someone and trying not to laugh out loud, okay? To make this oil... Select a particular coconut and watch it grow. So now you just gotta sit. You gotta, you gotta sit outside a tree and just look at the tree. It's a little coconut's like burr. I just imagine they inflate like a balloon. I don't know the life cycle of a coconut, but anyways, you have to sit. You have to watch it grow, which is quite tedious. Here we continue. Pick it at twilight during a full moon. When it is wet and gloomy, that's again. Yes, wings are attacking you. You've already lost four fetuses last week, and it's just humid outside. You're like, why can't it be wet and gloomy? It's wet, but you're like, it's super happy outside. They're having a festival. You're like, no. And here's another thing. The breeze should also be chilly. Very, very specific stuff. 
the coconut should be grated and its juice must be squeezed out. I have never met a human on the planet who could squeeze a coconut till juice came out of it. Now, to be fair, you, I, you may grate it and then squeeze the grated remains, but just going off that explanation, I would assume you would grate the coconut and then have to use Superman's strength to <laughs> squeeze out the juices. And then you boil that mixture until it becomes oil. And the, the people are writing it down, they're like, oh, that's great, Priest, then, then what's next? This is the next thing in the Wikipedia article. And to be fair, this might just be a cultural thing, but the Wikipedia article says, recite secret prayers and throw all the waste into the ocean so that the asswain cannot trace whoever made the oil. And then once you made it, you put it by your door, and as an asswain gets closer, it'll start to boil. What are the secret prayers? That would be really helpful. <laughs> Someone's looking up on Wikipedia because they're getting attacked by these things, and they're like, secret prayers? There's no hyperlink. There's no hyperlink. They don't tell us what the prayers are. Two, what if you don't live by the ocean? I mean, I guess Philippines is a set of islands, but still, just make it a river or an inlet or something like that. And three, all it does is boil if one is nearby. It doesn't even stop them. It's basically a ring doorbell alarm for a supernatural creature, but the cops don't come. You just have a little thing of boiling coconut oil on your door as your family's just getting trashed by these things. There's one, we're going to wrap it up like this. There's one interesting thing theory about these things and it actually can either go either way it can either be one of the reasons why these stories were created in the first place or it could actually be proof that these things exist so remember these creatures really like to interbreed with humans they like to come into human owned areas get married have kids suck the life out of people and that's what they do right there is a disease known as x-linked dystonia parkinsonism it is parkinson's before you get parkinson's so you get the tremors and you can't control your body and your tongue's wagging out and stuff like that but you don't have the parkinson's symptoms where it's called restless tremors where you're just like sitting there and your body shaking it's kind of violent movements that come and go this disease only affects men from the philippines it is a disease that is such a problem in the philippines there are parts of the country, where one out of every 4,000 men have this disease. Women cannot get it. They can pass it on to their children. Men can suffer from it. Women cannot suffer from it. They're just carriers of it. And this disease only affects Filipino men. And people have thought that when people are twitching and jerking all about that People go, oh, I'm going to have to make up a legend, some myth explaining why my uncle's acting like that. But there's an even darker hypothesis. If the ass wing is real, and it is interbreeding with humans, even if it's not, even if there's none left today, but you go back three, four hundred years, and there was enough back then interbreeding with humans, and their genetic code is still being pushed through the population, half human half cryptids and their body just not able it's not compatible it keeps wigging out so what if the spaniards didn't make it up what if it was a creature that existed long before them that hunted these people in the woods and then as people begin to protect themselves build villages and then cities these cryptids realized they needed to change their tactics 
Why hunt at night in the dark jungles when you could trace your prey during the day by blending into society? They may have wanted simply to feed on people the first time they entered a city, but in the end, they ended up creating a genetic disease that still affects Filipino men today. It's more likely that the legend came out of a reason for why people suffered from this disease. But in the darkness and the wilderness that still peppers the Philippines, people still claim to hear the asswing hunting. And not knowing for sure if that same creature that's prowling the jungle late at night is their best friend's wife during the day. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.